0: to. Combinations, the podcast from North Staffordshire Combined Healthcare NHS Trust. And this platform was originally designed so it can give a voice to whether that be staff, patients or anyone that would like to get involved in our podcast. And today we're handing over the platform to our QI team, which is our quality improvement. And they're going to be shining a light on quality improvement. Jane, who's going to be hosting the podcast, has a guest on the show as well. And they're going to be talking about what they've done in terms of quality improvement. So I hope you enjoy combinations this week
1: so welcome everybody um, thank you for joining me um, to listen to this podcast i don't know whether you are um cycling along on your bike walking in your car in the kitchen doing your washing up or at your desk eating your lunch but wherever you are thank you for joining us for this qi podcast today Um, And it gives me great pleasure to introduce to um, you, Vicky Washington from uh, Ward 2 at our Trust, North Trust Combined, who has shown incredible leadership um, in bringing to her ward and to the Trust the recovery book. So a warm welcome to you, Vicky. Hello. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Good morning. It's morning when we're recording yes, this. Yes,
0: good morning. It's, it's Monday
1: morning, morning, so we're straight in at it on a Monday morning. <laughs> um, so um, the listeners might know me; they might not know me. I'm Jane Beasley, the QI lead at the Trust, and we thought it would be good to record a series of podcasts where we share the great work that people are doing to try and um. See whether other people might want to take up these ideas so today we're talking about the recovery book so vicky can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your role uh, introduce yourself to our lovely audience today
0: yeah so i'm vicky i am the ward manager of ward 2 which is a male acute ward for those that that perhaps don't know that don't work within this service um, I've been a ward manager on Ward 2 for just over two years. I've been in ward manager's post for around three years. Uh, I managed Ward 1 very briefly for a a short period before almost coming home like a home in Pigeon to Ward 2. So prior to having my little boy, I used to work on Ward 2. Ward 2 is where I started in the trust actually as a staff nurse and and then as a deputy manager. And then I went away and had my little boy and then came back. Um, And it does feel like home. Like no matter where I go, I always I always feel like I'm I'm always sort of welcomed with um, open arms on Ward Two. So so yeah, I've been managing two years on here now, um, been through some ups and downs, shall we say, on here. But yeah, things yeah things are good. Good. Oh, thanks,
1: Vicky, for sharing that. I like the idea that you you've found your your true connection with the work how many yeah we get lots of ups and downs don't we in our work and but if you have got that connection and it does feel like home yeah uh, we seem to be able to weather it (laughs) so that's that's lovely to hear that thank you for sharing that so tell me a bit about um the recovery book and where did that idea come from uh where did the drive come from for this for this book
0: yeah so like I say you know I came back to Ward 2 around two years ago when you know they were working really really hard there was a lot of pressure in the service and the team were working really really hard but we were struggling Um, there was quite you know there was I suppose, a theme in some of our patient feedback that patients weren't particularly engaged on the ward. Um, we'd had a couple of, you know, sort of serious incidents and, and that had become a theme through that as well, that people would like to be more involved in their care, really. You know, there was a high turnover of staff and patients at the time. And I suppose what what we decided is we wanted to strip it back, really, you know, I suppose how... How, as nurses, do you ever get the best out of your patients if you don't actually ask them what what they want really? And but it's very easy to lose sight of that, particularly in in you know, in a very pressured service. So we started to think about ways that we could creatively engage the patients really, and that and that's how the recovery book was born. We wanted something as a staff team. We wanted something that we we would got to use something that we could evidence something that we you know we could physically hold and see but also that was important that the patients had that as well um and yeah so we we, we came up with the idea of creating something something that could be joint worked done throughout the admission something that'd start you know when they came in right to the point of discharge um and, and it, it grew from there really but i think what's key to it is that yes this is an idea that we wanted but it was completely co-produced by patients so we we didn't make it the patients essentially made it with us um the patient group at the time and and here we are 2 years down the line with a, a fully embedded document that 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 carries on through patients journeys really mm.
1: so how did you how did you as a leader how did you move that forward and co-produce that what actions did you take um, with your staff and with your service users? What was what did you do?
0: Gosh, it feels so it's so long ago now. Um, so right at the beginning, we had a lot of like almost focus group type sort of sessions with staff and with patients, really, and got a couple of people that were really keen to be involved on board with it, really. It didn't take a lot because actually, although, yes, people are resistant to change that you know, that, that, that's never going to go away actually everybody wanted to do something a little bit different so it it was, it was easy to get people on board to the idea i suppose so we held sessions with the staff and the patients and started to build on the idea started to develop something together and then actually essentially what the staff team particularly did is they really then just started to own that themselves and then they'd share their ideas and we'd get the feedback and and it grew from there really i suppose my my job in that whole project was just to keep people motivated on it because you know it is hard we are busy we are an acute ward we're probably one of the busiest acute wards as well um it's very easy to just start on something on a whim and then just forget about it the following week because there's something something else coming along so i suppose i just continue to steer it and keep the motivation up for it really and and as the project developed and as we started to see the benefits of it you know really selling that to people that actually this work that you're doing is worth it even though it's going to take a lot longer than we we anticipated really.
1: Mm, yeah so people were sold on it because it was important to them it really mattered to them anyway it really That's mattered the to thing. them so they they could they they were up for it up for making a difference so what did you notice happened as a result of using this as a, of this book then what change did you notice
0: so very very quickly and almost like in draft when it was still in draft and it was still in pilot form you could feel the shift like I can't describe it I've got nothing to you know but you could feel the shift in the culture on the ward really um around you know actually engaging people and breaking them barriers of of us and them and you could feel that that was palpable and and it sounds really simple because it was just a book but actually it almost was that gateway I suppose to, to start them conversations between staff and patient whether it was early in the project when we were still developing the project or when we were just piloting it but it did I did start to pull some some I suppose data and monitor sort of key performance indicators and things like that and and we did see um a change really and changes that I was very surprised by because I suppose the idea of it was very much around culture, patient engagement, shared decision making and offering that and and very much sort of to have I suppose positive benefits for a patient experience but not really reportable. It's just based on feedback but actually when you look at sort of the data over the 12 months before and the 12 months that we actually rolled it out um we saw a significant drop in readmissions what we did see interestingly is a increase in the average length of stay so that went up by about three days averagely really, a month but actually what that probably showed it's not so you started pulling the data is that people were staying longer but they were getting more out of the admissions because they weren't needing to come back um so we, we had a significant reduction in, in readmission rates within 30 days of discharge but interestingly we are we did a, it, what it did is did a lot of work around reducing restrictive practices and that was almost secondary really that wasn't the primary need but i suppose they come out hand in hand and you've got a positive culture on the ward and patients are engaged and they feel safe and empowered you're less likely to have incidents particularly in a male ward Um, and we actually had so we had a 58 percent reduction of rapid tranq use on the ward and we had a 65 percent reduction in um, staff assaults which is quite significant really and it, it does tie very very closely to the rollout of the recovery book and the way we changed what we did um, with the patients so that's positive. Um, I think it also snowballed into I guess like a re- just a really positive culture so you know when we get that feedback everywhere you know the people that come in now the staff team are very focused on well-being whether that be staff well-being patient well-being working together and and they have a really good a good relationship really and the culture on the ward is really positive and that all came really out of the recovery book and the way that they work together
1: hmm. So that's really interesting, isn't it? What started as initial idea actually, and you thought actually there won't be any data on this, it did have a significant effect on both the culture, on the culture of the ward, and therefore the way the whole ward operated and its outputs and the processing. I think the idea that the reduction in readmissions is really really interesting isn't it the suggestion mm-hmm. actually um people had a really positive experience <laughs> or, and that carried on after
0: yeah absolutely
1: it was a tale of effect into the community
0: and that's what it's designed for really the recovery but you know it's designed yes okay it's an inpatient tool so obviously it's very much focused on inpatient sort of care while they're here. But actually, there is sections at the back that go on for doing safe tool and, you know, safety planning and uh, what resources there are in the community and things that they need to share with the care team. And, you know, the idea is that they they take that book with them and build on that throughout the the whole recovery, not just the crisis admission that they get with us.
1: Mm. That's really intriguing, isn't it? That actually something that starts with just one idea, ends up having more effect than you actually even realized in the first place
0: definitely did good it's good but it definitely did yeah it's grown into its own i suppose approach model almost now so on here based on some of the work that we have done we are um embedding a what we call a trip so it's a transformational recovery in Oh no, I've forgotten what it stands for. But it's it's a recovery model um, yeah. around sort of co-produced services that we're going to look at sort of embedding on here formally, really. And mm-hmm. and, and the recovery book started that.
1: Mm-hmm. And I've heard the word recovery books used before in, in different settings in community setting. Is there a, is is this the first time it's been used in an inpatient area? Is this is this new and this is this novel? Tell me a little bit about that.
0: So I suppose the the concept isn't new at all. You know, we we know all the national, you know, all the evidence and the national drivers say that we should be. You know, there's no decision without you know about me without me. And so the idea isn't new at all. Uh, but yes, I think it is the first time that anything's been sort of formalized into any form of document, particularly within acute. I think they might have similar sort of approaches within the older adults' wards around. I think they have like. Um, like care planning books, which I suppose you know would would be a similar, but model, but not really because it's very specific to acute. Um, I think there's hospital passports as well. So everybody has you know their own way of doing it. But yes, it's it is unique to us and acute. It's been rolled out across acute, but I suppose it's it's also quite adaptable to other areas. Mm-hmm. I think the documents that other people use are very much snapshot care plan. What do you want from us? Whereas this is supposed to be a little bit more sort of transformational, really.
1: Okay. so um, what would you recommend? um, You know, did did you say there that it is rolled out to all the all the inpatient wards? And have you had any feedback how they're finding it? What are the challenges for them? Because sometimes if if something's born of an area (laughs) it's kind of. easier to, to to embed and 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 see the results because those people really wanted it from the beginning what, what what are other people telling you about this now as they start to use it
0: so it's rolled out across uh, ward one and ward three as well <clears throat> and i think the challenges that they faced potentially what and and that's exactly it you know it was very much owned by us it was our project we've seen it from start to finish um you know, it, it's more difficult when when you haven't been involved in them early stages to roll something out consistently uh, and I think that 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 was what their challenge was it's that consistent approach and that consistent use so what I did is I have been on them wards I have spoke with their staff I've given them sort of almost some of the evidence but actually just and I suppose we work really well as a team of acute wards particularly. So they see it, they see the culture, they see how it's transformed the things on ward two, and they do want to mirror that. So, yeah, they do roll it out. <clears throat> it's waiting to be rolled out on the PICU as well, but obviously that's a very specific service, so it would need to be adapted to make sure it's, it's fit for purpose there. Uh, but, yeah, I, and I think, <clears throat> so I, um, I sat on it, I delivered. Pre- I've delivered a couple of presentations on it, Across the trust, really. So I sat on the the student masterclass and did it to the, the new student nurses coming through, and actually was really proud that they all knew what it was. So actually, oh. it is out there. It is it is embedded elsewhere as well. You know that students have used it, and which is really good because it's a really good document for students because it gives them that that in to engage with patients and develop them skills really.
1: Mm. That's making me think we've got um, a SharePoint space where we put innovation and improvement. I shall get those documents, all the right documents, from you and put put them on there so that people can go to our SharePoint um, base and find yeah. and find the documents for anyone that wants to have a look. So, how would you? What would you recommend would be the first step? So, someone listening to this podcast, there may be in our trust somewhere within our trust or in another trust somewhere across the nation. What would you recommend as their first steps? What should they do?
0: Ooh. I think, <clears throat> what would I recommend as your first steps? I think um, ask somebody that knows about quality improvements <laughs> to help <laughs> because we were blind for the first six months um, and we we learned as we went really around sort of how best to manage a quality improvement project. So I'd I'd rope somebody in that knows what they're doing would be my, my advice right at the very beginning. Um but otherwise I think just ask people, you know, get the people that you want to to run with your idea, get them involved. And that might mean that you have to adapt and change your idea to to fit, but actually, you know, more more heads are better than one and you know everybody can see a slightly different piece of the picture really so bringing everybody together and everybody's views is is key before you even start and my advice would be even though it feels really overwhelming at times because you think nothing's ever going to move forward it does you should persevere because it does and then you know two years down actually you have this massive you know project and approach to to nursing really that makes a significant difference to patients' lives, and that's what it's about, really.
1: So there's a couple of key things there. Get some help from your QI team, if you have one, and um, engagement and listening to staff and go where the energy is.
0: Absolutely. Um, And save the energy yourself, which is really hard work. It's really mm -hmm. difficult sometimes, you know, especially... In today's NHS services, to stay motivated and stay focused on stuff that's above and beyond your role, really, uh, but it's worth it, though.
1: Okay. and yeah, keep keep um, keep your resilience up, <laughs> and 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 stick at it because there's some, there's some sticky bits uh, uh, along the way.
0: Okay.
1: That's really interesting to hear about that and to give advice to others about leading these sorts of changes. So you said there at the end, you know, fundamentally, it's all about improving things for patients. Absolutely. So I, I, just wondered if you can, if you can bring to mind, I know we, um, any comments from patients, service users, families, or carers about using the book. It's all about yes. what they think about it, really.
0: So I've got, I've got absolutely loads. <laughs> of okay. um, the comments that are written because obviously I collected a lot of data, so that you know, outside of this, I mean, obviously we did it for the patients, but so we also submitted it for a Nursing Times Award and were shortlisted for a Nursing Times Award last year, um, once the project was sort of up and running um, and, and showcased it really at um, the Nursing Times Awards in London. So obviously I collected a lot of data, but what what I, I was really keen to, to collect was, was actual patient responses. So I do have a video uh, that's around six minutes long, of patients, experience of either patients that have been with us before, before it was sort of rolled out, and then since, and some really positive patient stories about how they found their experience of Ward 2, how they've experienced, how the staff engage with them, um, and and using the book. So I do have that. I'm I'm more than happy to share that (coughs) with you. And then I suppose the only other thing, really, is in the midst of this so we were probably about nine months into the rollout and um, the CQC dropped and did an unannounced inspection on us which is not unusual obviously Um, and they picked the recovery book up as a part of that and and I got a written feedback about actually the really positive use of it um, and And obviously it was still in in draft and pilot form then but you know they they really did see the value in it and we are the first I think at least I think I'm right in saying this we're the first service that got no areas of recommendations for improvement of practice in that unannounced visit and all they did was really talk about the, the positive engagement we've got the recovery book
1: wow that's amazing isn't it that's absolutely amazing so congratulations on being nominated for the Nursing Times Award um, and that's a great accolade for you and your team.
0: Definitely. Um, was.
1: And uh, thank I mean, you. We,
0: did, we didn't win, but we still got shortlisted and that, I think there was 90 uh, applicants for that category and there was only eight shortlisted. So
1: yeah yeah amazing amazing to get get to that nursing times award event and to be able to to share that more widely actually
0: mm. uh, and we have done then so i've shared it with a couple of you know all the trust leads and you know they have, they'll look at running with it something similar really so um thank you for that i think
1: you know as an improvement leader vicky you're clearly demonstrating Uh, a a way forward to other potential improvement leaders within the trust around this project and other uh, potentials of areas improvement that they can see on their ward that they would like to take forward. I think Mm -hmm. that's that's very inspirational to people. Um, So thank you very much for your time this morning. Um, Just to close out, are there any last words of encouragement you would like to say to leading nurses? that are um, trying to improve the quality of the service for service users and for those that work within the service. (laughs) Uh, So is there anything that you'd like to say?
0: Um, I think, you know, we we are the ones that can drive that change. And so if you see something that you think can be improved on, it is worth it, even though it's hard. And, you know, the NHS wouldn't function at the standard and the level it functions at without us, essentially you know we are the ones that make a difference so y- you know you should always remember that I think it's it's important that you don't lose sight of that you know we're all in this for a reason and the, you know the reason is patient care essentially and we're the ones that can change that we should be we should be doing it too, not be done to does that mm-hmm. make sense
1: yeah it does Vicky I'm not sure I can add any wise words to the end of that um Um,
0: I'm not not sure I've ever been described as wise before
1: so thank you so yeah it's worth it you're the you're the ones that can lead the change you can see the change and you're in leadership positions and can I just say thank you Vicky for giving up your time this morning I know that you're very very busy and you work on a very busy ward as it's busy throughout the trust and throughout the NHS it's been challenging times so thank you so much for sharing this and um hopefully we'll Hear more from you in the future of what the next project and the next project, whether that be um I quite often uh, see it on uh, on Twitter, <laughs> yeah. what you're up to on Ward Two, yeah. uh, raising money for Ukraine or rowing.
0: <laughs> yeah, we the channel. I don't know what we're doing now. We're just doing book club for being a bit less active for a little yeah. while. I think we've got yeah.
1: now. <laughs> you're in a reflective space. Which yeah, is good. giving having some time to think. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Vicky. Um, and uh have a good day and have a good day listeners um thank you for joining vicky and i on this first uh podcast and we will be talking to more people who are leading change throughout the trust so thank you and have a good day